One man, one mission to rid the world of low standard and mediocre acting once and for all. Brian Timoney, the world's leading authority on method acting, brings you powerful, impactful, volcanic acting and business of acting techniques in his special acting podcasts. It's Brian Timoney's World of Acting, Unplugged and Unleashed. Hi everyone, it's uh, Brian Timoney here and uh, welcome to today's podcast. And a very different podcast because I am joined by not one but two guests today. I've got Rob, who's, who's part of the furniture, <laughs> and um, Victoria Wiseman. Welcome, Hello. Victoria. Thank you for having me. Um, Victoria is a, a former um, student of mine and she's um, appearing in a production I'm directing, Miss Julie. She is Miss J. Miss J is in the house. And um, we want to talk a little bit about the rehearsal process because I think this has been—it's been a really interesting um, journey doing this uh, particular production because we have worked in um, many different ways, and I think it's fair to say that some of it—we've we, worked in very organic ways, very real ways, but also we've taken it into the avant-garde to potentially as well. We, we've worked in a way that is quite extreme and definitely potentially experimental. So um, we're just going to talk a little bit about that and about what has actually happened during that process. So, Victoria, maybe we can start with the... um, Let's start at the beginning, because in the beginning, it was really about really working in the moment. And I know that expression gets used a lot. It does. But (laughs) it's like, what does that actually mean? What do you think that actually means now? What does it mean to you? Um, To me... um when we're doing this work and it's being able to look at what's in front of you and be able to actually look at at your other scene partner, our fellow actors and see what they're perceiving and perceive what you're perceiving within yourself and just to sort of allow any thoughts that do come up to, you know, as you say, sort of green light them. I know you've said that in the past to just sort of, if, if you have an impulse to do something to do it, Mm. Um, and don't judge and try to let go of the judgments that we put upon ourselves, which is probably based on conditioning mm. and, and this desire to sort of do the right thing, in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's, it's letting go of the audience, isn't it, it is, as well? Because yeah. it sounds quite easy, but it's actually quite a challenging thing to do because mm. the natural thing is, as soon as you get in front of an audience, is that you want to... Um, you want to show the audience that you can play yeah. the part and, yeah. and that you're you're a good actor, but unfortunately that can have a, a negative impact rather than a positive one. So I, I think going back to this idea of um, not having preconceived ideas, mm. actually looking and seeing what's actually happening in front of you, and then responding to that as it occurs, yeah, um, sounds easy, but it is um, it is quite challenging to begin with. And um, Nick, who's um, playing Jean, you and him have worked, and in the beginning, um, when we were doing this rehearsal process, there was a lot of that work that went on, and yeah. we took away, didn't we, the, the idea of that we knew how this was going to work. You know, it, I think that in some directorial processes, it can be like, this is the, the director comes in and goes, this is the vision, do this, do that, and, let, and that, then we've got a show. And I understand that because it's it's kind of people have got a show to produce, etc. But this was quite different because we allowed it to really breathe in. We allowed you to to really 
um, explore it without yeah, any of those. Yeah, it was the sort of experimental stages and things. And we did stuff, obviously, as you know, outside of the rehearsal space as well, where we got together and we have worked a lot together with this way of working when we've put a lot of time in you know, doing all sorts of other productions. So this is probably sort of four years in the making <laughs> um, mm. to get to sort of this stage. Um, but you can always go further, you know, with that mm. work. So the, the sort of experimenting that we did with, with sort of just working different different sort of ways of trying things out, you know, we did that. We did it over the phone. We did it by Skype. We did all sorts of things, you know, and then we just went away and did our own thing and then came back to see what each person had brought. Mm. new to the table like a new day in the life of the character sort of thing and it's yeah. sort of grown from there so the the idea of working organically um, and responding <clears throat> truthfully in the moment is one part of the process but we also bring in other parts like working in a grotesque fashion mm. and and actually if people are coming to see the show um, you might be quite surprised, actually, in some of the um, the choices that we've made and some of the extreme ways that we've worked with the material, which is deliberate. Um, so what would you say about... Because here's something I hear a lot, is that truthful acting, in a way, has to be... Uh, I think people think have this idea it has to be small. You know, that if you start to become too large or too animated, too expressive in a way that it, it somehow degrades the um, the authenticity of it. Now, well, sorry to interrupt. I think it can, but I think it depends on where that decision to do that has come from. If you've made a decision, preemptive decision to be a certain way then it's not going to be authentic because it's sort of a premeditated idea of mm. I'm going to pick up this chair and be angry and the audience don't want to see that. They want to see the thought process that goes to that, not the fact that it's written down in a book and you're going to do it. Well, it's mm. a bit like, I suppose, you know, if you get an, an impulse to do something mm. and then you think about it and then you decide to do that impulse, it's, it's no gone. longer an impulse, it's now an idea. You're <laughs> exactly. now acting on an idea. Yeah. But it's interesting what you were saying earlier, Vicky, about, about um, uh, taking impulses and acting on those impulses. Would you do that, Eve, would you sense yourself at all, or would you just do any impulse, even if that impulse was totally inappropriate? If you'd have asked me that a month or two ago, I probably would have gone no, but yes, there's been times in rehearsals where I've, I have done something and I think I just did that you know um, and I think the reason for that is because I have Brian to thank or blame um, so you've been warned I was coming to watch this uh, was he just literally said to me I want you to just sort of like stream of sort of almost unconsciousness of just trying out different kind of emotions just keep a stream I, of unconsciousness in action it, it, yeah in, just in, to try in, something in, out in, in terms of what you're doing but would you do it in performance not necessarily i don't know no. i don't know i mean in, if it was totally done... inappropriate but it was an impulse oh, but it, it was totally inappropriate you would not? you do it in I performance think I would <laughs> yeah i think it comes down to what is totally inappropriate i mean yeah i can pretty much guarantee you the people come and see miss julie will think that at some point They'll think this is totally inappropriate, yeah. but um, the, the, the it's, but it, then it comes a debate about well, what is appropriate mm. and what's inappropriate. It's like who's to say what's appropriate and inappropriate. What I'm really interested in is that what is the creative process. 
because like Victoria is in a in a process where she's creating by herself. Mm. She's the one that's bringing this, whatever's inside her, whatever ideas spring to mind, whatever impulses come to mind, mm. must be accepted and followed. And sometimes that might lead you down a path you didn't expect, or you might consider it inappropriate. But I, I tend to think it's just another way. You know, it's like. Um, you know, there might be certain elements we could say, well, in those circumstances, somebody may not do that. Um, but, it's, you know, most of, the th- most of the time, the actors realise the, 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 the given circumstances of what they're in and what they're portraying and what's going down within the scene. So m- more often than not, the choices just become more and more creative. They become more and more different. I, I don't think they're in- inappropriate um, because inappropriate would be, I don't know, completely not taking on board what the given circumstances were yeah. and completely yeah. ignoring them. Yes. And I don't think... But, if it was, but, but if that you, doesn't... If you, had, if you had an impulse, if, if it's still an impulse, mm. but it has nothing to do with the given circumstances, but it's still an impulse. Yeah. Where's the impulse coming from? Is the impulse coming from sort of um, you, the person, or is it coming from the... Uh, well, I think that Victoria... You can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Victoria, I in no circumstances, <laughs> would probably... Um, it's unlikely, I would say, that she's going to get an impulse that is completely out of I was about the, to kind um, of say something along yeah. those lines, actually. Yeah, I've, I have done things where you've sort of said, oh, that was interesting, but it, it worked because it, it came from a place that that I was, you know, it wasn't inappropriate to do. It might have come across as a bit bonkers, but it it sort of went with the feel of what was happening at the time. Um, there have been a few t- few things that have happened. I can't really think of them off the top of my head, but um, where things start to happen in the play, where we call it like the wheels start to fall off, um, there is a sense of madness within, a big sense of madness within Miss Julie. Mm. So because of that, as long as as as, as that, I I truly go for that. In a way, um, it, it's it's not inappropriate. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I don't think yeah. anything would be inappropriate, incidentally. Yeah. But 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 yeah. but I, 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 even if it goes against the given circumstances oh, of the play, I don't think that would be inappropriate yeah. either. Yeah. Actually, yeah. because uh, in life we do things that are against the given circumstances of we our do. situation in life. Well, yeah. well, like I say, I, I'm I'm completely certain that people will come and see this pro- play and think the certain things are completely inappropriate, like you say. But I Good. I don't think that I was, which is great. Um, listen, you're not you're not going to come and watch this play and walk out thinking, um, whatever. I was sort of I wasn't really um, I don't have an opinion. You will definitely have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> if I all of a sudden, for so, example, had a had a real impulse now, which I don't. But if, but, but if I had a real impulse now to pour water over Brian's head right now, yeah. if that was my, it would I, be inappropriate in this situation. Well, I'd probably it? help you, Rob. But it, yes, I see. That's not what I would call inappropriate. It would be inappropriate impulse. in this situation. No, but but maybe that's what you want to do. That's yeah. and and yeah. and the way that we've been working, we would allow that to happen yeah. because we say that's not inappropriate. What I'm, what I mean is like for, what I would term as inappropriate yeah. in a way yeah. is that say that we're doing this play in mm. um, in a desert. Right, and it's uh, you know soldiers in a desert, and you decide that you want to be a clown in a cold climate. Now that would be an inappropriate impulse from the point of view that it's not helping you to enter into the given right, circumstances. So that's where you would sense your impulse. Yeah, kind of, kind of. And so uh, yeah, and so okay. Okay. So, but everything else, you would go, you would absolutely allow it to happen. You would do what we call green light it in rehearsal. Yeah. 
but not necessarily in performance. No, definitely in performance. Okay. And actually, Victoria still doesn't know, and we're do- this is happening two weeks now, Hello. that she still doesn't know certain what's going to happen to certain, certain parts of this play. She will not know until she actually does it. There's certain things where I know I need to be maybe at a certain point yeah. within reason uh, because of, of, and that's what I'm talking about, you know. Well, you need to be inside yourself, you mean? Uh, no, 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 as in um, sort of literally on the stage. Oh, I need to be, at, you physically. know. Yeah, so that's like a technical thing. Mm. Uh, and that's fine. Mm. And then <coughs> we've got these sort of areas where I'm like, oh, that's like a little playground, you know. And it, I can allow it to be sort of organic. Um, so yeah, there's certain things and I, you know, I like to not do the same thing twice because I'd never feel the same. So that's just really freeing for the work. Um, and I think it is really important to say that you can do this in anything, in any other work, just not necessarily to the extremes that we're maybe working with. Mm. Um, I find, you know, some of the things that we've done just, just great to do, Mm. um, techniques and things like that in order to sort of get ready for the work or whatever, whatever work you're doing within acting. Um, but no one needs to know that what you're doing. No one, they're not rhyme readers. <laughs> you know, that's the great thing. And I, that's the other thing I wanted to sort of just quickly touch on. And that's the fact that, you know, there's this like, oh, I broke character yes. thing. Mm. Um, and, and it's the, the audience aren't mind readers. They don't know, um, you know, what's going on Although in Although they head. can pick up on things. They do, audiences are not stupid. They do, oh, I they agree. Do, they do, oh, yeah. yeah. I think there's yeah. two things that we've worked quite a lot on um, in the way that we've worked, which is there's two creative thresholds, which is dealing with the, you know, dealing with the fact that you're going to be watched by an audience mm-hmm. and how that affects things and, and also dealing with the idea that you are a character. Now, we've been working in the Van Tangoff sort of approach to mm. this, which and and within that work, there's there's an acceptance of dual consciousness, as in the you, the person, the actor, the individual are there in the work, and so is this character. And there'll, there'll be times that you're moving in and out of yourself this is and what, into character and yeah. back to you. And this is what I was going to mention, actually. Mm. Sorry, you can carry on with that point, because I've got something. Thanks, Rob. Um, well, I'll allow it on yeah, this Yeah, you're going to allow it this time. On this I'll, I'll allow it too. Okay. Would you? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, what Victoria's alluding to is that uh, you, as an audience member, are very unlikely to know when she's moved from her consciousness mm. to more of the character or vice versa. Does it matter? It doesn't matter, mm. but it matters to the actor because if they feel that they've dropped character there's a tendency to think that they're doing it wrong mm. and you're not doing it wrong it's just that this is going to happen when you're acting is it not? okay to drop character I, I wouldn't call it dropping character i would call it entering into the your own consciousness mm. so it's like you are the, as we've talked yeah. about you are the character well, yes that's but you become aware of yourself yeah. as, as in rather that you feel more of you what you do observing. is you become aware of the, uh, what you do is you become aware of the home page as it were mm. as opposed to the aspect of yourself that you're playing to do the character yeah and so you, be, you become aware of the uh you know everyday rob as opposed to the rob that is the serial killer or whatever <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so now let me just ask this excuse me uh, harping on this a little bit but it's important Harp to away. me um so when we're taking impulses yeah does it matter if the impulse comes from miss julie or if the impulse comes from victoria i don't think it matters what no. do you think i agree it doesn't matter no. it doesn't matter where which where, 
the origin of the impulse. No. Okay. Yeah. Because okay, I have done things. Yeah. I mean, I, there's been situations where, because I mean, uh, Nick Cameron, who plays John, uh, you know, we know each other relatively well. We've worked together a lot. Mm. So we, we've got a good sort of connection and chemistry for our work and, and a big passion that we both share. So that makes the work easier as well to sort of get on with. And there's been times where I've been feeling that was Miss Julie reacted to that. And it was Jean. And then sometimes he'll say something to me and it really affects me, Victoria, because he's looking at me in a certain part of the play where he really doesn't like me. And well, and that hurts, not hurts, but affects Yeah, and Victoria. it affects me because mm. I look at, uh, at Nick and Nick's mm. looking at me like, you know, I, I want you to go and, you know, kill yourself. And does Miss Julie pick up on that then? Yes, mm. because, and, you know, because yeah, you would get good. affected that's by it, yeah. that. Yeah, and so I, I think that's a really I important way of, mm. um, of working yeah. for the actor is, is mm. accepting that dual consciousness because then mm. you don't get into a panic if you suddenly you realise that you're observing the events through your eyes more than the, the character, as it were. Um, the, other, the other aspect, of course, is dealing with the audience and not being accepting the audience and not doing things for their sake but doing them for your sake you know as, as an actor as a character um so the, the, those were some of the things that, that we've been working on and um the the other extreme of working in an organic fashion you know i.e you're just watching what's happening in the moment and responding truthfully and letting and not having a preconceived plan of what's going to happen is that um we've also worked with grotesque and grotesque work is when you take something that is authentic and you turn it up. You basically, you know, you, it's a bit like amplification, I think. Mm. So, for example, say you've got an instrument, you plug it into an amplifier, you can turn it down to one and play that music, or you can turn it up to 10 or 11 in spinal tap terms. Mm. So, you know, turning it up to, you know, grotesque work is really about turning it up to 11. It's about going, we've got this... Um, experience or idea and then you take it to an absolute extreme and you allow it to live and you allow it to go to an extreme and to explore it which I find fascinating I think it's one of the most fascinating things but don't take it to that extreme as a conscious decision to take it to that extreme only take it to that extreme if it happens organically con unconscious no you can make the decision to explore something okay. in the extreme okay. you can make it you can you can take a make a choice to think well actually it feels right to explore it i mean we've had certain parts of the play that have just felt right to explore in that way i suppose there's a feeling about you know thinking this is a tool mm. that we can use to explore it and see what is released from it um, so how do, how do you feel about that, Victoria, about working in the grotesque, you know, going from organic to, to something quite extreme? I like it very much. I think there was a time where um, I found it very difficult to grasp the concept. And I think it's because the concept itself, you try to logic, make it very logical. Um, and in a way, it's very simple, actually. And that is that we do grotesque all the time. But I think maybe the word itself relates mm. to something that is like disgusting so mm. automatically you think you, that means you have to shout and fling your arms and legs around and that's probably the go-to place when you're looking at this kind of work but it, it isn't that it is literally about sort of layering how you it's, it's almost like expressing your inner feelings but you're doing it with movement and sometimes it can be very very subtle it doesn't have to be you know bonkers 
running around like a lunatic. Um, But it is nice to go to that place, especially in a rehearsal rehearsal process, because it then brings a new dynamic to certain ways about how you might feel. And then you sort of get like maybe a psychological gesture that can go with that. And and you can really bring it down. And it's sort of, you feel that energy from from something that you would normally be like, oh, you know, I'm angry with you, so I'll look at you a Mm. certain way. You just sort of go to the extreme. Um, But again, it does have to come from a place of, Authenticity, Authenticity yeah. a truthful yeah. place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but it's a good way to work. Otherwise, it becomes just a decision to yeah. do something. And, and I think that's the fine line: is that is. if you if somebody just throws themselves at it, it just becomes hammed up. Yes, but that's it's, the difference. It's yeah. like is when somebody is able to kind of tap into something that is there in them, and then amplify it. And if extreme. nothing happens, that's okay as well. That's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's okay as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's but, the other thing is that sometimes it's if you don't, it's okay to not do anything. I don't just mean sit there and just like if you've got a line to say, then you, there's something you've yeah. got to say. You can't just sit there like an idiot. But um, that would be interesting. But there is something about not forcing something. And if it's right to maybe take your time, it becomes very interesting to watch. I've mm. watched other people, you know, I've watched, say, for instance, Lisa Daintree, who's playing Kristen, and, and Jean when they're on stage. And she's just sort of taken her time, but it hasn't been sort of, oh, she's forgotten her lines. She's moving and she's thinking, and you can see a process going mm. on. And she's just not going to rush. Um, but it's not exaggerated to the point of yeah. get on with it. I think that that is an important point, the thinking process and allowing the actor to think. Because mm. I think... <laughs> Ironically, there can be a lot of work that happens um, in the acting industry where the thinking process is sort of removed because they go, right, these are the words I've got to say, so let's say them. Actors and uh, autopilot quite a and, lot. And you need to give the audience time to receive. Yeah. Because they, they've never seen this before. If, even if they, you know, even if it's Macbeth, they know what's going on, but they don't want it a proceed version of somebody that's on high-speed dubbing. You know, they want to have time to see it, hear mm. it, feel it. Yeah. Um, you know what you're going to say. They don't know... Mm how they're going to feel about it. Yes. And and so, yeah, it's, so all of this, and, and there's been, yeah, there's been many, many more things that we've incorporated um, throughout this process, and it's been quite a journey, a very mm. interesting one. Um, and I think for me, ironically, because um, when we think about method acting, when people mention method acting, we kind of have this, you know, we think of Brando, Paul Newman, maybe, Pacino, De Niro, and it's like I, that was that is where I think modern method acting has evolved from, and I think that there was a process before modern method acting, before Lee Strasberg began the work, which Van Tangoff and Nikolai Demidoff um, really um, established that actually took things further. Um, so it's an interesting combination to watch mo- the modern method, if you like, um, being brought together. Into something as well that was that existed before film, for example. So it was more theatrical in, in nature, more and and the use of things that are more extreme, but still coming from the same place. Mm-hmm. It's still they demanded Van Tangoff and Demirov demanded real authenticity, real belief in what was happening, and so there was no shortcut. But it's actually it, it sort of went into what they call fantastic realism. So Van Tangoff talked about creating fantastic realism rather than just realism. And I think that's interesting to watch because it allows the actor to express themselves in a way that goes beyond just living through it. And by um, fantastic realism, that uh, uh, going into the grotesque would be an example of fantastic realism. 
Would you agree with me, say, for instance, as an example for something that people will have seen, Heath Ledger, Mm -hmm. the Joker, Mm. I would say that could be classed as using grotesque. Yeah, and a grotesque That's and, a good example, and fantastic, creating a, a sense of fantastic realism. Yeah. And I think that it, you see it in different, um, I've seen it in a lot of different performances that, are, that you know used in that way. I mean, I think that Anthony Hopkins doing Hannibal Lecter is a mm. form of um, fantastic realism, mm. but he's using stillness. Mm. But he he's doing all the same things. It's grotesque. Mm. The character is actually grotesque in the way that he's he created it. Mm. Um, if what, you, what do you think he's doing? Um, what is he doing to make it fantastic realism as opposed to just being real in his acting? I think the the use of grotesque mm. in it because when you watch the part. It, grotesque is something that is not normal. It's beyond normal, right? It's beyond normal behaviour. Mm. So when you see that first scene with Anthony Hopkins standing in that cell, if you watch him, very he stands almost still. to attention. His mm. feet are together. He stands very straight and he doesn't blink and he doesn't move. That is grotesque mm. because nobody does that. It's creepy. That's beyond <laughs> the normal behaviour mm. of, of what realistic. most people do. It's still real. It's real, but it's a fantastic realism. Isn't you're not watching something that's normal anymore. You're watching something that's kind of abnormal. But it's not stylized. It's it's it, it, uh, what you might call stylized. It's I, I I think that it's yeah. It's still it's still truthful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis as well. I think has used it a lot, and his way is you know when you watch him doing something like There Will Be Blood, or the, you've worked with him again, Gangs of New York. Have, yes. It's it's extreme. There's an extremity in his work. Is like the, even the way that he uses language and the way that he expresses himself mm. goes beyond the norm a lot of the time. Yeah, Daniel, um, certainly on that move. He stayed in that fantastic realism as well, in between takes and mm. and and uh, pretty much twenty four seven. He was, and he stayed in that. And so, uh, you know, sort of in, in the morning before any filming's even started, before we've set up the first shot, he's sort of standing there, ready to go. Uh, yeah, ready. Yeah. And he sort of say, oh, "Morning, Daniel. Good morning to you." He's already there. He's already there. Yeah. I think that's one thing to actually say with this work. One thing you can't do is 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 use sort of like the imitative acting you cannot yeah. do that it mm. just falls apart if yeah. you start to imitate anything and I don't like that sort of work anyway but you know sort of if you imitate something oh I'm going to, or go for a you want a certain result it's just mm. not going to happen as we've yeah. always said uh, yeah. in previous podcasts that's a big bit of thing of mine you oh know, is it ne- ne- never work for a result it's, there you go always so. work for the process <laughs> but never the result we yeah. agree yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thanks very much, Victoria, for coming in today. Thank you, Rob, as always. And um, (laughs) I think it's uh, been an interesting conversation. And uh, come and see the show. It's on... Um, well, Saturday's sold out now. It is. Yeah. 20th, 21st. Yeah. And so 20th. My uh, ticket is reserved, I hope. Of, um, yeah. Standing yeah, room only to you. Stand room only. <laughs> um, October the 20th, Friday, October 20th, and the tw- Sunday 22nd. Stick- ticket's still available, but, right. but get them while you can. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, speak to you on our next one. You've been listening to Brian Timoney's World of Acting. For a full transcript of today's show, go to www.worldofacting.com. We'll see you next time.